This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. On today's program, Dr. Roosh takes a look at the most incredible moment in all of history. Incredible because one event would bring hope to everyone. No matter your age, size, male or female, rich or poor, education, language, smarts or religious history, this is for everyone. Let's join Dr. Nate Roosh right now to experience this powerful message. Welcome everyone to church today, those in Maple Grove and Elk River, those joining us online. I believe that uh, this is one of the best, most fun days of the year. There's so much excitement wrapped up as believers around the world, whether they're uh, gathering together in a restricted access country where it's illegal to be a Christian, but believers are gathering together in an apartment somewhere and they're celebrating the risen Savior, or, or perhaps they're in, in uh, the Southern Hemisphere and Africa or South America or Central America or the eastern regions of Russia and China and all the way around the world, Christians are gathered celebrating the risen Savior. Why? Because his resurrection is our hope. It's all of our hope. It's the same hope. I got the same hope as my sisters and brothers in China today. Amen? It's not a better brand of hope in America, friends. It's the same hope everywhere you go. It travels. It's to go. Come on, somebody. And it's a good, good thing to be together with you today. As we celebrate, I also want to welcome those of you that you got drugged to church today. Your mom said, would you just go to church for Easter with me? Or your, your friend brought to you and you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable. I'm sorry you're feeling uncomfortable, but I do want to give you a big welcome. Thanks for coming to church today. This is really a great thing for you to do. It really is. Thanks for coming. Today, as, uh, as we think about a day in history, I'm thought, I think about the, the epic nature of a movie, and I, I, I like to read, I also like to watch good movies, and some stories pull me in more, more than others, uh, uh, different stories. I remember Rocky pulling me in, you know, the humble beginnings of a guy who didn't uh, stand a chance against anybody that's great, and then, uh, of course, nowadays it's Creed, come on. And uh, the right, he got the, the one-two punch, and um, my, my sons, uh, we would come out of that movie, and we're just ready to go. So you know, the movie pulls you into the story. Perhaps you remember a, a great romantic movie or some kind of storyline where, where they, you're crying, and you're pulling your tissues out, and at the end, and at the end, they, the two got back together again. It was just so good. It warmed your soul or whatever. And it pulls you in, Right? Uh, some people get so crazy about the movies that they buy their tickets for the release of a movie like months ahead of time, like the Avengers movie that's coming this week. And some people are all prepped for it because they get into it and the storyline behind it. But I want you to consider that today, that this is a day for the most epic stories of all time. A movie, if you will, that gets retold every year. That gets retold over and over and over again. And it's not just one story for one in history, but this is your day today too. It's your day to join into a story, the ultimate resurrection story, the ultimate comeback story, if you will. And today, the title of my message is this, A Resurrection for All. A Resurrection for All. 
See, I'd like you to consider that it's not just hidden in history, some historical moment, this great story of, 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 of that all these religions around the world, all these different denominations are celebrating today, but I would submit to you that it's a story that is brought into our present tense. It's good news for everybody, not just Christians today. Come on, somebody. That is good news for everyone, and that resurrection story can be a part of our story too. And I wanna give you a little backdrop, a prelude to this movie moment that we're in with the resurrection of Jesus. For Jesus came to the earth, and he was prophesied about as a Messiah to come and rescue people from their sin. Sin is something that was unleashed like a corrupt code on all, a virus on all of humanity. And nothing would rescue us from our sin, so God sent his one and only son to the earth, Jesus, and Jesus lived a sinless life. Up to 30 years of age, he was in anonymity. Nobody knew about him. And then he began to go public, and he would share his story everywhere he went. And I think it's inter interesting to note where Jesus went and to whom he talked. For Jesus went into places no one else would go. There were a lot of cultural boundaries back in those days. People that you didn't talk to. There was gender boundaries. You wouldn't talk to somebody of the opposite sex because there was a boundary. There was a boundary between Jews and Gentiles, between those, excuse me, <coughs> that were Roman soldiers and those that were native Jews in Israel. You couldn't cross those boundaries. And because people didn't cross those boundaries, no one was like sharing their hope with one another. But when Jesus shows up, he begins to notice the crippled people on the ground, and he lifts them up and heals them. He notices women and spends time sharing the good news and hope with women, forgiving them of their sin. He begins to spend time with people that were on all sides of the political spectrum, even on his own leadership team. He had people that were opposite. They were Democrats and Republicans, if you will. And the beautiful thing about Jesus' story, it was also embedded in the Middle East. He was uh, in the place where he, he wasn't a white guy. He was in the Palestinian area. And who knows what he really looked like because his father, what color is his father? I don't know. Nobody knew, but Jesus had an ability to, it was like he had a passport through all kinds of boundaries and he brought his love to everyone he met. And he began to share the good news with people that are around him. And everywhere he went, Jesus would say, the kingdom of God is near. The son of God would say to people, listen, it's right here, it's not far off in the future, it's not available to those that get their seminary degree, it's not available to those that have enough money only. This is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is right here. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's right here. <laughs> and Jesus, Jesus came and he shares this good news, but not only that, he begins to share that there's a moment coming that he had to do something, the singular moment of his life was that he would die. And people around him were confused. Why would you have to die? You've got a movement building. There's crowds following you. You are the son of God. You can do miracles. But Jesus knew that he had to go to the cross to die. And he went to the cross to die. He was unjustly crucified. For he had no sin. But when he went to the cross, and he died on that cross, 
He was dying for your sin and my sin. And before that moment, Jesus wanted to give hope to people, so he gave them little previews of the moments after the cross. In fact, one time he heard about his friend Lazarus who had died, and Lazarus was dead, and his sisters came to Jesus, and they were all worried, and Jesus said, don't worry about it. In fact, in John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? He declares himself ahead of time to be the resurrection and life. This is before he died. Before that moment came. See, Jesus knows the end of the story before we do. And when he steps into a person's life and we're overwhelmed by our moments that we're in, we think the best is behind us or something's not good in our future. Or somehow we've given up on hope of love in our our story. Or we feel like nothing good is around the corner. I want you to know, Jesus would say in the lowest of our moments, I am the resurrection and the life. He's your resurrection and the life. And in fact, he says, he says, do you believe this? And I hope that you can believe in Jesus today because you have hope when you believe in him. And I want you to look at what he did when he rose from the dead. Look at Matthew chapter 28. This is the account, the movie moment. Jesus had died, and when he died on the cross, not only did he die, he went and snatched the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Come on, somebody. So he, he was busy. He was busy in the meantime. But then comes that moment, and this is the text that every preacher loves to read. Come on. Early on Sunday morning, how many know it's Sunday morning right now? As the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. And his face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow, and the guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. And then the angel spoke to the woman, women, don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying, and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. Verse 8, the women ran quickly from the tomb. And they were frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. This is the moment. He's back. It's the big comeback moment. It's like the stirring, the rolling of the music kind of builds, the crescendo comes up, and Jesus is resurrected. He is alive. He's not dead. And he was the champion, the conqueror who overcame death, hell, and the grave. Friends, once you lose the fear of of dying, you don't fear anything. And when we can follow Jesus and we can follow him, listen, friends, you don't have to fear anything in your life because you have Jesus in your story. But here's what's unique. 
he wasn't just the historical goat. Everybody know what the goat is? The greatest of all time. Sometimes we put people of great figures that have great moments in some history book. We pull it out and go, you remember this photo? It's in black and white. It was back in such and such a year. And they were the greatest of all time. He wasn't just the greatest of all time from a history perspective and a retired champion. No, Jesus is the resurrection for everyone. Say that with me. Jesus is the resurrection for everyone. 2 Corinthians 5.15, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Friends, you and I can experience our own resurrection in our story because Jesus brings his story into our story. He brings it in. That resurrection isn't just a historical moment. It becomes a moment that's repeated in your life, in my life. When is his resurrection known? It's Jesus is resurrected for your now. Your now. Not just history, but for your now. Where do you need new life, new hope, a fresh start? Where is it that you need it? Romans 8, 11 says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give you give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Jesus is resurrected for your now. I want you to think about this because I know that under the sound of my voice today, there are some people that you remember stories about Jesus or about the Bible when you were a little kid. You remember hearing about Moses, maybe in the old flannel graph days, you pinned the beard on Moses. Or maybe you heard stories about Zacchaeus, who was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. Maybe you sang the song, Jesus Loves Me, when you were a child. But as you grow older, we can become, um, a, a, a settle into a state of being where Jesus, the resurrection, is just like an old child's song. We knew the life and the resurrection of Jesus when we were younger, but we don't know him in our now. But Jesus, the resurrection, and the life is not just for us when we're little kids. He's there for every season of our life. Every season. And to be reintroduced to Jesus, the resurrection, for everyone, we have to let him into today's part of the story. Not just our history books, but today. And, uh, you know, when I think about my life, that means there's different seasons and phases of my life. First phase of my life, I was a single guy. And I lived my life that way. I had fun. I lived for myself. I thought for myself. And then I got married. And then in my first year of marriage, Jody made amazing chocolate chip cookies, and I was twice the size I was before. <laughs> and of course, our life began to change as we had one kid, then two kids, then three kids, then four kids, and four sons in six and a half years. And how many know the noise went up in our house? The relationship changed in our life. 
I can recall, you know, when, when it was just me and Jody, we would go out and we could talk and we could spend long hours at a restaurant and just look at each other and share stories. And we could have people over and we could talk to them. Then we started having kids. And then it was chasing them all over the place. You'd be talking to somebody, go, hey, can you hold on a second? Hey, get down from there! You know, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It changed things, right? <laughs> then the kids begin to grow a little older. They begin to control themselves a little bit more. And then eventually you move towards that empty nest phase. And friends, now Jody and I are headed to the empty nest phase. Yes! <laughs> I'm so glad I landed. That was just like, whew. thank you, Jesus. We're back to having time to talk to each other and share with each other. The days will change as the years go by and we'll hit additional phases in our story. The point I have for you is this. Jesus, the resurrection, wasn't just there for me when I was a teenager. Jesus, the resurrection, will breathe new life into me at every stage when I need it. Because I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna get tired and weary at different points of your story. You're gonna hit points where you made a misstep and you're gonna need to be resurrected. You're gonna need the life of Jesus and the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives within you. And you can know the present tense Resurrection and the life. Jesus is resurrected for your now. He's also resurrected for your forever. Come on, somebody. It's not just about this life, but it's also the life to come. Just in the last 24 hours, there's been an entirely difficult and tragic event in Sri Lanka as coordinated efforts and bombs went off in churches throughout Sri Lanka. Over 200 sisters and brothers in Christ went to be with Jesus in the last 24 hours. The devil is a liar and he's full of hate and he's coming after the church. But I want you to know that right now we need to pray for the church and for the loved ones and the people that are there. But we also need to pray for boldness in the middle of darkness. Because this is not the only life there is, friends. There's a life to come. And when it comes to that, we have hope because of Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. This is what I'm saying to you about the forever. Jesus, the resurrection, doesn't just come and interrupt our stories and change our trajectories, but he also comes back to get us. That there is a future with Jesus, that there is a hope in Jesus, and, and it's a hope beyond this life. Can I get an amen to that? And sometimes we trick ourselves into only thinking about temporary moments. But I want you to know there's great hope. Perhaps you know somebody that's already died and is with the Lord. You will meet with them in, in the air. Come on, somebody. We're going to worship Jesus forever, and there is hope in that. That's why the scripture said, encourage each other with these things, these words. When I think about the story of the resurrection and the life, I want to encourage you to think beyond just this week. 
but to think about the rest of your life and beyond this life. You are an eternal being and you will live forever. And what you do in this life will affect who you are in the next. There's a new movie based on a true story that came out this week. It's called Breakthrough. Anybody heard of Breakthrough? It's a powerful, miraculous story of a, of a kid who fell through some ice. And man, it's an amazing story. I encourage you, if you want to go get together with some friends and watch it this week, it'd be worth the inspiration. You might even get a few tears in there. You might get a little bit of excitement in there, just like I do when I watch Rocky, right? But it's an epic story of a boy who died and experienced a miraculous resurrection. And we have received permission to show an interview of the boy from his family, John Smith and his family. And I want to give a special thank you to CBN, the 700 Club, and producer Michelle Wilson for creating this video. They've allowed us to share it today, and I want you to see a powerful story of a modern day resurrection. Fire and ambulance, where is your emergency? I don't know where I am exactly. I'm at Lake St. Louis. The caller was 16-year-old Jamie Rieger. Her brother Joshua and two of his friends had fallen through the frozen lake in their neighborhood. They were bopping up and down, and he went under a few times. When I fell through the ice, it was like really cold, and I actually thought that I was going to die. I was trying to get out by pushing onto the ice and pulling myself, except every time when I tried, the ice kept breaking. One of the boys, Joshua Sander, managed to pull himself out. By now, the manager of the adjacent housing complex had arrived and taken over the call. Two kids fell on the ice. Okay, are you right there with them? They're out there a little bit farther. One's having problems, so they fell on the herd. Okay, yeah, they're, they're coming. Rescue personnel arrived and pulled Joshua Rieger to safety, but the third boy, John Smith, was still trapped. Tommy Shine of the Winsville Fire Protection Department went in after him. By then, John had been in the water for 15 minutes. He was completely lifeless. Water was coming through his nose because he had taken so much water in at that point and just was starting to turn blue from being submerged for the length of time that he was. After several failed attempts to revive John, EMTs rushed him to nearby St. Joseph's Hospital. Dr. Kent Sutter, the emergency department physician, was the first to see John when he arrived. No spontaneous respirations, no heart tones. Uh, in essence, he was cold and he was, he was dead, he was gone. We'd get some blood gases. Dr. Sutter and his team made every possible effort to save the 14-year-old boy, but couldn't get a pulse. After 45 minutes, Dr. Sutter was ready to call time of death. By now, John's mother, Joyce, arrived and was taken into the ER. I saw his feet, and they were so gray. And I reached over and touched him. And when I touched him, they were so cold. I remember just saying, oh, Holy Spirit, I need you now. I need you now, Lord, please give me back my son. And all of a sudden, I heard someone say, we've got a pulse, we've got a pulse. To me, at that point in time, God had answered my prayer, and as far as I was concerned, the work was done. But based on experience and John's condition, doctors had a more realistic view. I was not optimistic because being without any respirations and any heartbeat for that length of time uh, certain to cause brain damage um, and severe brain damage. 
He could easily be in a vegetative state for weeks or months or years, or it'll all catch up to him and he'll die a few days later. John was stabilized and airlifted to Cardinal Glennon Children's Medical Center in St. Louis, Missouri, to receive the next stage of care. It's just an unnatural situation to see your child laid out and, you know, basically unresponsive with tubes and test gear, you know, attached to them. His face was swollen, his chest was swollen, and he was not responding, and the breathing was very, very heavy and hard. At this time, John only had brainstem function, and his blood oxygen levels were critical. By now, friends and family gathered to pray for a miracle, but they weren't alone. John's story went viral as prayer chains spread through Facebook. Facebook was just blowing up. My phone was coming off the wall, people praying, people sending me scriptures that they were praying for John. The next 72 hours were critical as doctors predicted brain swelling, seizures, and lung infections. But none of them materialized. In fact, John kept getting better, and on the 10th day, he was removed from the ventilator and started breathing on his own. Then, the next day, John woke up. Joyce remembers when her son opened his eyes. And I'm thinking to myself, they're wrong, they're wrong. He has more than brainstem function because he is looking around the room and he knows who people are. You know, God is restoring everything back to this child. I couldn't say anything because I had all the tubes and everything in my mouth, but I was thinking, where the heck am I? What happened? Why am I here? On February 4th, just 16 days after being pulled from the icy water, John walked out of the hospital with no residual effects from the accident. Jesus heals people not for what we can do for him, uh, but as an example that he is all-powerful. A few months later, the family's church threw a party to honor the first responders who helped save John's life that day. It was an emotional moment because I saw my dad and mom crying and just kind of listening and just thinking, how did I survive? And then kind of just praising him for keeping me alive. The Smith family is thankful for prayer and for the power of God that showed the world miracles still happen. He didn't heal him partly or do this part, but not another one. He's the same kid as he was going in. God is there to show up for us at our time of needs and do miraculous things for us. The greatest lesson I've learned is to never lose faith. Jesus Christ is a, he's a miracle worker. What I love about that story is it's a story of how Jesus' resurrection is present day. Not just some historical moment, but his life, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And he has an ability to bring things back to life that are lost, medically lost, scientific law lost, gone. But how many know Jesus is above and beyond all laws of nature, amen? He has an ability to do what we cannot do. It's a powerful story, John Smith, he was underwater for 15 minutes, didn't breathe for 45, and now God did something miraculous through his life. This fall, he'll be a freshman at North Central University 
right here in Minneapolis. So we're super excited about the ongoing story. But I want you to consider something today as a metaphor of his story. Those teenage boys went out on the ice. And uh, we time, teenage boys tend to take risks, right? Unnecessary risks. I mean, no, the parents of teenagers, why your car insurance is a lot higher. Yeah, those risks get taken. But they went out on that ice, and the ice couldn't hold their weight, and it broke. And when it broke, things happened. And I'd like to use that as a metaphor in our own life for what are you standing on? Where is your faith and where is your life, your hope, and your future? What are you standing on? Because I'll tell you what, when things give way, ice can be things that you think are secure. But when the ice breaks, you lose control. Then you need to be rescued because you can't rescue yourself. And if you stay under too long, you won't live. Then you reach a point where help ends. You need a miracle beyond the natural. And when we reach the bottom, we need help beyond the laws of nature. What's your ice? What is it that's underneath your feet? Who are you counting on? Are you counting on your marriage? Are you self-reliant? Are you counting on your job, your health, your own intellect? Are you counting on your resourcefulness? Are you counting on people that maybe they're there for you for a moment, but you know it's kind of thin ice because they may not be there for you if things fall apart? When the ice breaks in your life, who is going to rescue you? Who will come after you? Some people, the ice is broken and they seek rescue by avoiding the pain in their life. Things are falling apart, relationships are breaking. Maybe an addiction is taken over. Now we begin to medicate it by drinking or by going to drugs or substances or we try to re resist or we go into escape through porn or whatever it may be. Other things develop and all we're doing is we continue to drown and we're not getting rescued. When hope is gone, people do stupid things, irrational things that they wouldn't do otherwise. Some people try their natural defibrillator panels. I'm gonna buck up and I'm gonna make my life better. I'm gonna get a new job. I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna get a new diet. I'm gonna have an exercise plan. How'd that go for you since January? Right? Finally, there is a point when a declaration of death is made somewhere along the way. Romans says that the wages of sin is death. Sometimes we try to ignore that, we don't think about it, and all we do is we keep walking on the ice, and we don't know where it's going to break, and when it breaks, it breaks hard. The way of the transgressor is hard, the scripture says. Difficult things happen, and even if you don't you're in a place where somebody else brought you out on the ice. Maybe you had a good heart, you were doing things right, you didn't do anything wrong, but you got married to somebody and they did a downward spiral and they took you down into the, the water with you. Friends, I'm not blaming you, but you, are, you were on the ice and you still need rescued. 
You still need that hope restored in your life. You still need that heart to beat again. There, maybe you're in here today and you lost your job or got disappointed and one thing led to another and you're sitting in this sanctuary. Maybe somebody brought you to church on Easter Sunday and you're sitting here and to be honest, there's not a whole lot of hope in your heart. You're just kind of in survival mode and I want you to know that Jesus, the resurrection, is available for you. You're not forgotten, you're not overlooked, and even if nobody else is coming, Jesus came to the earth to die on a cross, to be raised from the dead just for you. You can know the present tense resurrection power of Jesus in your story. And if you're standing on the ice, that is dangerous. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't stand on the ice. <laughs> And obviously it's easy to say ice in here, but there could be other things going on in our story that if we were to be honest, many of us are out on thin ice. And it's time for us to listen to Jesus' way. Jesus said in Matthew 7, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. You want ice or a solid rock? Jesus says, I'm going to give you a way where you can build your house on something that's not so shaky. And no matter what, you can talk to Jesus, the resurrection, and he will hear you. If you've fallen through the ice and all seems lost, it's not over in your story. In the clip that we just saw, John Smith's mom, Joyce, cried out at the lowest moment, Holy Spirit, I need you now. Lord, please give me back my son. Friends, you can cry out to the Lord just like she did. And of course, what happened? As soon as she prayed, she heard someone in the room say, we've got a pulse. We've got a pulse. I believe that the pulse, the beat, the heartbeat of God can begin to beat again in your life and your soul. Hope can be restored, but it's only through Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. What if we all invited Jesus into our story in the present tense? What could happen with your family, your marriage? What, would, what about the people here who have given up hope? And what, what, what if you turn to Jesus? What if there's a pulse beating again in your life? What if we dared to hope today that the message of Jesus' resurrection isn't just a historical event, but a now moment? Friends, I can hear a heartbeat. I can hear it underneath the surface. The pulse is beating again. The creator of our souls has not given up on us. Hope is rising because Jesus is here and nothing is impossible for Jesus, the resurrection. Would you close your eyes right now? Maple Grove, Elk River, Spring Lake Park. Just for a moment, can you, if you were walking, what's under your feet? Are you on the ice? Is it thin? Have you already crashed through? You're away from Jesus. I want you to know only Jesus has come back from the dead like that. And only he offers life for you today. If you're here under the sound of my voice, perhaps you're you're here today and you are trusting in Jesus. 
But the story of the resurrection is still historical. You haven't invited his life back in in recent weeks, months, or years. It's time for it to become present tense. Resurrection in your story. You need new life. I want you to know Jesus is here. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.